Welcome to the Disney Beat, a podcast brought to you by the DizInsider.com. My name is Sean Nyberg, and I will be covering all of the Disney headlines to keep you informed as you start your week. Hello there, this is Sean Nyberg, and this podcast is being recorded on the evening of Sunday, March 28th, 2021. All right, let's dive into the news. But let me start by saying that the Disney Beat Podcast will be off for the next two weeks. As my fiancé and I are going on an extended vacation down to Walt Disney World, which will pull me away from the podcast and studio. Uh, We have both been fully vaccinated and are very, very excited to be able to get away for a bit. However, you can follow our entire trip over on my social media pages on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Sean Nyberg, S-E-A-N-N-Y-B-E-R-G, all one word. Also, I'll be vlogging um, the trip uh, on my YouTube channel, which is the same, Sean Nyberg, all one word, S-C-A-N-N-Y-B-E-R-G. So uh, you can follow the trip over there. We have visited Disneyland probably like 50 times over the years, and this will be our first time either one of us will have visited Walt Disney World. So uh, we are very excited to say the least. We are staying on property at the Yacht Club and spending a week at the Walt Disney World Parks and we'll be spending one day over at Universal Orlando. So there will not be a Disney Beat Podcast episode for the next two weeks, but please follow my other accounts to get all the videos, photos, and posts uh, throughout our vacation. So now it's time to dive into the news. And wow, is this another huge week for Disney Parks news. Aside from the breaking news that haughty Disney reporter Sean Nyberg will be visiting Walt Disney World, we also got some huge announcements from the company regarding the parks. The biggest story dropped out of nowhere a couple days ago, and this was the public announcement of what they're calling Disneyland Forward. Disneyland's public persuasion campaign to convince the city of Anaheim to let Disney amend zoning restrictions that would allow Disneyland to expand its two theme parks, shopping, retail, and live entertainment districts. Uh, Disney is not seeking to acquire new land. They are not seeking public funds, nor are they asking for any tax credits. They are simply seeking changes to the zoning restrictions for the land they currently own. Now, that all sounds really kind of dry, and that's why you'll see headlines uh, a few days ago saying, Disneyland is getting a third gate, which is, so they, if you don't know and follow parks that closely, um, when they have a new park, they call it a gate. So like Disneyland, Disneyland's second gate would be Disney California Adventure, right? And down on Walt Disney World, there's Magic Kingdom. Um, Epcot would be a second gate. The third gate would be um, Disney Hollywood Studios. And the fourth gate would be Animal Kingdom. So that's what they mean when they say uh, a new gate, right? A new park. So you see uh, Disneyland's getting a third gate or, uh, you know, Disneyland is is expanding. And no, that's not what the news was. But um it's still very, very exciting. And yes, expanding expansion is what they're seeking, but they haven't made any announcements yet. So just calm down with that. Uh, but it's very, uh, it is very exciting. And this is something we were not expecting. I don't even, I, I know I write this in the script, like this came out of nowhere, but I've, I don't even know how to really get across how this, how much this came out of nowhere. It's insane. So let's break down what we heard. So here's the deal. Back in the 90s, when Disney expanded Disneyland to add the second gate, Disney California Adventure, the company and the city came to an agreement and zoned out use permits for the land. 
While the specifics are not public, it is very clear that the plans permitted a certain amount of space for theme parks, parking lots, retail, hotels, and dining. This worked fine for Disney at the time. However, Disney wants to grow in California, and since they are boxed in by neighborhoods and other businesses, they have to grow within their borders instead of just building out like they might do down in Walt Disney World because they've got so much space, right? So this means that the previous restrictions from the 90s need to be revised to allow for this. What Disneyland wants is to have more freedom with the use of their land. They want to blend the elements that the previous agreement held separate. Um, so, you know, it's kind of hard. It's not It's not that hard to explain. But, you know, back in the 90s when, when they agreed to build uh, Disney California Adventure and they got all the permits and the zoning and everything, they... You know, there was a certain percentage of the space had to be used for specifically like dining, right? And, and parking. And what Disney is now saying um, is that uh, the way what consumers want now is more of a blended, not, I mean, okay, set aside parking, right? That's going to be separate always. But like dining, retail, and, uh, and, and rides and live entertainment. Nowadays, it's more blended than it used to be. You know, it used to be very clear which was a ride. You know, it would end. Now we have dining and now we have a show and they're all separate. But nowadays, consumers want things to be more blended. And so that's what Disney's asking is that the old rigid restrictions don't really um, aren't really conducive for what consumers want nowadays. So you see it in Disney's Galaxy's Edge, uh, which is their new Star Wars land. And you can see it over at Universal Studios, Harry Potter lands. The lands have become part of the attraction. And the lines between rides, lands, and themed entertainment has really blurred over the last decade or more. This trend is only going to continue, so antiquated zoning restrictions is not really conducive for this kind of growth. Also, and this is the bigger issue, Disney wants to tram transform these surface parking structures for something that makes them more money. So sure, they do charge for parking, and parking is very expensive, but they would make more money if that space was used for retail, dining, and for attractions. Um, obviously, you know, you don't pay per ride, but the more rides and the higher quality rides, the more they can justify price increases for admission. Now, Disney obviously is going to um, not just lose all that parking, especially in Disneyland and in, in, in Anaheim, a, a majority of their of their business are locals, right? So they need to have parking available, but um, you know they would just replace a lot of that surface parking with larger and taller parking structures to um, you know make up for the lost parking. So that's what they want to do. Um, the pre like I said prior, but the previous agreement dictated that certain areas were designated as parking structures and Disney wants to change this. While it sounds great to a Disney fan, um, there is some understandable pushback from the community. So it's funny though, cause like, you know, this news breaks and of course, who's the one who talks about it first? It's Disney fans, Disney fans, Disneyland fans. And everyone's just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. It's going to happen. Right. And how could it not? And it's like, yeah, but you're looking at this through like Disney color glasses. And you have to understand that, you know, Disneyland does sit in a, in a community that involves other businesses and, you know, residential neighborhoods. People live there too, not just work. So, um, uh, the area, so the, if you look at a map of Disneyland, like the one that you normally look at, you know, looking down on Disneyland where, uh, you have main street going from South to North, um, you have Tomorrowland to the right, which is East. You have, uh, Adventureland to the left, which is the West. Um, the area to the West of the parks, both California Adventure and Disneyland, um, is primarily parking and two hotels, the Disneyland Hotel and the Paradise Pier Hotel. 
These actually act as a buffer between the hustle and bustle of the Disneyland and DCA theme park and the neighbor, the neighboring residential communities. Because to the west of the park, again, if you're looking at the map, to the left, beyond Disneyland and all their parking and all their hotels, immediately right there, I believe it's Walnut Street or Walnut Avenue or whatever, um, those are houses. People live right there. So uh, these parking structures and stuff act as a buffer between the noise and all the energy and stuff in the parks and these people who live there, right? So if Disney were to replace these parking areas with loud rides, screaming guests, music, then it could greatly affect the residents of those communities. And while it might sound to like a, a you know, a Disneyland fan or, or someone, you know, on the surface, it's like, oh, great, you live next to Disneyland, that should be amazing. You know, um, that's not really the case. And uh, people who are living so close in those housing, it tends to be really uh, lower income housing. And so, you know, these people don't really have a lot of representation or or they don't have a lot of, you know, the money like something like Disneyland has behind them. So the city council, members of them often will really stand up as they should for the residents of the, of the city. So those are just some big concerns to see, um, you know, if Disney can accommodate uh, the needs of the neighboring uh, um residential communities uh with this growth um so we shall see um this is just one of the there's a long list of issues that the city of anaheim will have to take into consideration when uh, seeing if they're going to approve these changes um again i said it earlier but i really want to make it clear because disney was very clear about it and this is very rare for disney but they aren't asking for any public funds and they aren't asking for any tax breaks or tax um uh, tax write-offs, tax incentives, anything, anything, anything outside of what they already have, because that was a big issue that they had uh, previously. With uh, they were going to build this huge um, four-star luxury hotel, the, the the nicest hotel in all of Anaheim, and it got rejected because, well, first of all, it got approved. Then they wanted to move it just, just, I mean, such a small amount of location where they wanted to move it. Like, I mean, we're talking. I mean, I don't know the exact, but we're talking like hundreds of feet. We're not talking about miles, right? And uh, when they sought approval from a new city council for the new plans, they rejected it because the city council changes and it kind of goes in waves, right? Pro Disney and then and then Disney gets a bunch of stuff they want and then, then the, the, the local community rides, uh, rises up and they, they put in place uh, council members who are kind of anti-Disney, not anti-Disney, but a little bit more... Um, Oh, let's just say anti-Disney, right? And so anyway, uh, that whole project got shelved. Well, not shelved. I mean, they always say shelved. Disney never says canceled, but the plan got canceled. And so um, right now, they're they're not seeking any kind of tax um, changes with their tax structure or any kind of public funds, which is, it is very important. Because right now, <laughs> no real city in America has really got a lot of extra money that they're willing to just shell out to these big companies um, with the pandemic and everything. So, um Disney is one of the greatest entertainment companies in the world, and they have the greatest, and by I say greatest, I mean, well, I think it's the greatest personally, but I also, it's not just subjective, but objectively, they're the, one of the biggest, they are the biggest entertainment company in the world, and they have the, um, the they do have one of the greatest marketing departments around, so it's no wonder that the Disneyland Forward presentation that they presented uh, last week to the public um, is super effective. Uh, diehard and passive fans alike would take one look at it and think, well, this makes complete sense. Why aren't they building this right now? So, you know, it's like hearing the opening statement from one lawyer in court and not hearing the opening statement of the other. It's a little bit lopsided. But personally, I think it's a fabulous idea. And I hope Disney eventually gets the green light from the from the city. Um, I am aware that there are legitimate concerns from neighboring businesses and citizens. Um 
However, the elephant in the room right now, besides Dumbo, is the pandemic and what it has done to Anaheim this last year. You know, COVID-19 destroyed Anaheim's economy, and this could really work in Disney's favor. Side note, I'm not just saying that it, it destroyed Anaheim's economy. The COVID-19 pandemic destroyed, uh, I, I would say, almost every community at some level, right? Every city, every town, every state is suffering because of lack of revenue and lack of taxes and all the stuff, you know, the breaks they have to give for people to survive is, is money that's not coming into these communities. So, But Anaheim also was a hit... Uh, particularly hard because they're by a long shot, their revenue generator is Disneyland and that's been closed for over a year, right? So Disneyland's closure this past year has caused many neighboring businesses to shut down uh, because they rely so much on the traffic as you know, they bring in 19 plus million visitors every year to Anaheim. Uh, and those are were just gone last year. You know, all these businesses were built with, you know, the anticipation of, you know, 19 or give or take, even, you know, if there's half that, that's, you know, that's still some people coming in to spend money, but there have been no one. Um, and aside, I didn't write this in here, but aside from that too, people who work in Disneyland, locals who work there, a lot of them were furloughed, which means, you know, they got their, they got their health insurance and stuff paid for, but they weren't getting any income. And then there were just a lot of people who were just full on laid off. So those are local people who don't have money. Um, or don't have excess money or, or some of them don't have any money, but you know, they don't have money that can go spend in these local businesses too. So not only did they not have outside people coming in, but the local economy is rocked. So there weren't local people who had a bunch of money that were spending it in these local businesses. So, I mean, it all makes sense, right? I mean, you're hearing what I'm saying, right? Small hotels, restaurants, and shops around Disneyland are either barely holding on or they're gone. And these businesses are often the ones that push back against Disney in these fights with Anaheim. Um, you know, I use the word fight. I mean, it's been, there's been a lot of fights in the past, but I think right now it's not so much going to be a fight, to be honest with you. Um, because, and it's sad to say, but it's the reality, these communities, uh, these, sorry, these local businesses are really wounded right now. And the, and the reality that Disneyland is the lifeblood of the entire community has really been shoved in everyone's face this last year. Um, you know, everyone knows that Anaheim's other businesses are all like, I don't want to say feeder fish, but you know, the, you know, Disneyland's is the big shark and these are the smaller fish that, that fall around it. But I really think the one year of Disneyland being forced to close really showed these businesses and therefore the local city council leaders really how much they need Disneyland. And so this definitely gives Disney a huge advantage for the battles that lay ahead for this expansion. And we'll be watching all of this closely. I'm a, like I said earlier, I've, I've never been to Walt Disney world, which I'm going to this week. Um, but I've been to Disneyland probably 50 sometimes and I live up in Seattle. So, um, this is very close to me. This is my home park. And so I'm very, very excited. Um, it'd be a huge understatement. Like I said earlier to say that this news caught the Disney park, uh, fan community off guard. Disneyland is notoriously short on space and most fans and new sites have long abandoned any real expansion, um, for the Disneyland park, aside from just upgrades to current rides and maybe like removing lands and replacing lands. Um, but no one anticipated this, um, kind of extra growth and most people were holding their breath just to see if Disneyland would meet its April 30th reopening date, let alone get all this news about ex potential expansion. So it appears that Disneyland in Anaheim, California, not only survived the pandemic, but it's ready to spread its wings over the next decade. So while I do anticipate that, you know, this will, how do I put this? 
this will still be, you know, Disney and Anaheim are still going to go toe to toe. Right. Um, but I do think that they're going to get a lot more than they would have gotten had there not been COVID-19. Um, and let's just say they brought this up two years ago. They probably, you know, they would have been a, a true battle, but I think Disney is going to get a, enough of what they want to at least start this project. And so, um, but we'll be watching it. It's definitely going to make for some really interesting, um, news stories, you know, the local, the, the Orange County Register really, uh, you know, follows all that stuff. And we're going to get all the, you know, the leak, the stuff from Disney that leaks and the stuff from the city of Anaheim that leaks. And it'll be a real battle moving forward. But this is very exciting. If you love Disneyland, if you love Disney parks, this should be very exciting news for you. Um, and also, like, if, if you're against the project, too, it's, it'll be a really interesting battle to see what happens. So we'll be following that very closely. Another huge announcement that came out this week. Uh, This time it was from Disney's movie studio division. Disney announced changes to a number of their upcoming theatrical releases, including some release date changes. And a few of them will be getting a Disney plus release or at least a uh, Disney plus and movie theater at the same time release. So over the last few weeks, the months long sharp decline in new COVID 19 <laughs> new COVID 19 cases in the you'd think by now I could say COVID 19 right maybe my mouth is just sick of saying it because uh, I'll tell you right now my brain is sick of hearing about it but uh, I mean in in a sense that I, I'm happy to hear about it in the sense that I'm happy to move forward with the vaccines and everything I'm all for that uh, I'm just I'm just really ready to uh, you know get everyone safe and to be able to live life again. So, but anyways, let me start that again. Over the last few weeks, the months long sharp decline in new COVID-19 cases in the United States has started to level off. And in some areas has actually started to reverse and cases are ticking back up in some uh, states. And actually right now, I mean, I said I'm from Seattle, right? I'm near Seattle. I'm about 20 minutes east of Seattle and in Washington state where I live, um, you know, t- the numbers are actually this last week, the seven day average is starting to go back up. It's really going up strongly in like Michigan and stuff and some other states, but this is what's happening. And so because of this, um, or not just this and uh, huge markets in Europe, um, cases have been skyrocketing and a fourth surge is fully underway in large countries out in Europe. I mean, they're shutting things down. UK, France has been shut down. That's um, uh, Germany. And so with the cases skyrocketing there and stuff happening here in the United States, I mean, they're still falling as a general rule, but it's kind of flattening out. Like I said, it's starting to peak back up a little bit because while people are getting people vaccinated at, I think we're about 2.7 million now, a seven day average a day. There's a lot of people who aren't vaccinated who are acting as if they are. And so it's just a real battle right now. But nonetheless, this is something that Disney is watching carefully because there is starting to become a real log jam in their movies. And their big films aren't being released and not just by Disney, but by other studios because they keep pushing them uh, forward because they're like, oh, gosh, well, the cases are flattening or cases are starting to starting to increase in some areas. And Latin America and Europe are, are getting a fourth wave or surge, whatever you want to call it. They're not open yet. So we have to push these big movies another month, another two months, another two months. Suddenly you get all these films start logging up, you know, like that, like that big old container uh, uh, ship out there in the uh, Suez Canal. And what it does is it backs up all these films, but there's still other films are in production. So anyway, the thing is Disney is looking at this and they just needed to get some of these films out, especially some of the Marvel films because Marvel is a whole universe and some of the other, some of the later films can't be released until some of the earlier films. Anyway, it's been a big mess. If you've been watching it closely, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so there were some, a number of, uh, 
changes that were made <laughs> in terms of release dates and strategies for upcoming titles. Here they are. So Cruella, it will maintain its release date of May 28th. The uh, Emma Stone film that is based on the, it's like a, you know, 101 Dalmatian prequel origin story for Cruella DeVille's character. It will still be released, like I said, on May 28th. Um, it'll be released at the same time in theaters and on Disney Plus for a premiere access fee, like they did with uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. So that's that's happening May 28th. So the only change there was that it will be co-released co or released simultaneously on Disney Plus. Uh, the long-awaited release of Disney's uh, Marvel Studios Black Widow got bumped to Friday, July 9th. This film has been being bumped for a year and a half now. Um, and it will also, not just getting bumped to July 9th, but it'll also be released in theaters and simultaneously on Disney Plus for a premiere access fee. So this is the one that caught everyone's attention because it's been a big film. It's going to be, it well... In a normal year, it would be another huge, you know, potential billion-dollar film for Disney and Marvel. And um, it's been bumped for, like I said, a year and a half. It looks like this is going to be the final date. And it looks like Disney is going to have to do a Disney Plus release because, um, you know, they don't know what's going to happen with the theater situation come July 9th. So, but it will be available in theaters in your area. Theaters are open, so you'll be able to see it if you want. But if you are theaters are not open and you don't want to go to the theaters, you can also pay $29.99 to see it at home, which is about the cost of two tickets and a popcorn. So it's really not that much um, compared to what you pay at a theater. All right. So they also, another big announcement was Disney Pixar's summer release, Luca, um, has been moved exclusively to Disney Plus for no additional fee. And this is going to be released, same release date, June 18th, but this big Disney Pixar summer release, Luca, will be on Disney Plus. This um, follows the same move that Disney did with Pixar's Soul on Christmas Day. A huge hit that provided a boost to Disney Plus subscriptions. So they're doing this with Luca, same thing. You know, they want to release it in the theaters, but they just aren't confident that enough theaters are going to be open or that people are going to be comfortable enough to go to theaters, especially the kids. So they're releasing this. The nice thing is there will be no premiere access fee. It'll be just with a regular Disney Plus subscription on Disney Plus on June 18th. And I think that serves a couple, you know, A, it gets the film out to a bunch of kids and families and adults. You know, I don't have kids and I'm really excited for it. But it also... Um, it also will be a good boost for the Disney Plus uh, subscriptions because, um, you know, it, that's what families want. And uh, it'll just be a, a, a good uh, incentive to get people who haven't signed on to sign on now. If you haven't signed on, get Disney Plus. It's well worth it. It's now $7.99 a month. So, you know, get with the times. Let's go. Um, the upcoming Ryan Reynolds film titled Free Guy. That got bumped to May 20, um, from May 21st to August 13th, and it's on track to be released in theaters. Disney Marvel Studios film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings got moved from July 9th to September 3rd, and so far is still on track to be released in theaters. The King's Man, an upcoming U.S. United Kingdom period action spy film, got pushed from August 20th to December 22nd, and so far is still on track to be released in theaters. The psychological action thriller Deep Water will now open on January 14th, 2022 instead of August 13th. And finally, Death on the Nile will now open in theaters on February 11th, uh, 2022. That'll be an interesting one because that one, one of the big uh, film stars in the movie is Army Hammer. And we're not going to get into it here, but if you follow any kind of uh, entertainment news, you know that he is in some pretty serious, dark 
uh, dark and some pretty uh, deep, well, dark kind of works too, trouble um, in regards to some allegations that have been made. And so it'll be interesting to see how Disney kind of releases that. Part of me, when I was writing the script and I saw that it got bumped to February 11th, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, with, with all the bad press around Army Hammer and he's such a big, big part of this movie, I could see them kind of releasing it on Hulu with a little bit less uh, fanfare and a little bit less attention. So, but by February 11th, we'll also see too how these um, allegations pan out because I know that there were some allegations against army hammer that were personal. Um, you know, that just tarnishes reputation, obviously for good, if true, for very good reason, don't get me wrong. Um, but also I know there are some um, criminal investigations being conducted right now in Los Angeles, according to the LA Times. So we'll see how those pan out too. So anyway, uh, all these dates are subject to change, but I imagine that the date at least and the method for releasing Luca, Cruella and Black Widow are fairly certain at this point. I could not imagine Disney, um, you know, they could change the date, but I couldn't imagine Disney pulling Black Widow from Disney Plus and doing just theaters or something like that. So I think those three for sure, Luca, Cruella and Black Widow are fairly certain at this point. The rest, we'll just see. Let's just hope people make smart decisions, get vaccinated, wear masks, and do what they're supposed to. So anyways, uh, that's up with that's all going with uh, the changes to the movie release schedule. Um, there were a number of cast and crew announcements made this week, as there always are, including Eleanor Fanyinka, uh, I believe I said that right, hopefully I did, signing on to the upcoming anthology series, Epic. For ABC, Fanyinka will play a mysterious and playful character called the Seer. She previously appeared in the series Holby City and the recent Tom and Jerry movie. We expect more casting announcements coming for this project. Rick and Morty's co-creator, Justin Roiland, has created a new project called Koala Man. Koala, so we have Batman, Spider-Man, and Koala Man. And it um, has been picked up by Hulu. The series will consist of eight episodes and be distributed by Disney's 20th Television, te- 20th television Animation Studio. Um so that was uh, part of when Disney purchased Fox, they got the 20th, 20th Century Fox, and now they have a 20th television animation. So um, the Rick and Morty's co-creators, Koala Man, will be uh, picked up, has been picked up by Hulu, and will be released there. Disney is working on a reboot of the hit TV show, The Wonder Years, for ABC. Do you remember The Wonder Years? I love The Wonder Years. That was like me growing up watching The Wonder Years. I loved it. Lee Daniels is creating the new series, and we have learned that Academy Award-winning actor Don Cheadle has joined the cast, set in Alabama during the 1960s civil rights movement. This iteration of the show will not only provide a first-hand look at the social and suburban struggles of middle-class life, but the lack of equality, too. There is no release date announced for this project. I'm very excited for this one. Um, Lee Daniels is absolutely amazing, and um, I just love The Wonder Years, so I'll be really excited to see how they... How they um, you know, how, how they do this uh, reboot or remake, whatever you want to call it. I think it's a reboot because they're not remaking the series and copying the old series. They're rebooting the format, I would say. So anyway, the upcoming Enchanted sequel titled Disenchanted will see the return of James Marsden and Adina Menzel to portray Prince Edward and Nancy Tremaine, respectively. The film's composer, Alan Menken, confirmed this in a recent interview. The film will be shooting in Ireland and Los Angeles starting later next month and expected it is expected to wrap up in August of this year, so at the end of summer. Disney has yet to announce a release date for the film, which will be exclusive to Disney+. Plus. I want to remind you um, also to go head over to the DisneySider.com to see a number of features that were not discussed in this episode. Over there, you can see the official trailer for the upcoming high school basketball series, Big Shot. 
um, coming to Disney Plus starring John Stamos. Um, a new featurette for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And an exclusive interview with comedian and actress Cristela Alonso. All of this and more at thedisinsider.com. So go check them out. Finally, one of the hardest hit businesses over the past year has been the cruise industry. They bore the brunt of brutal headlines in the early days of the pandemic and government mandated safety guidelines for reopening are so extensive um, or arduous, however you want to put it, that the industry's grand return will be likely more incremental rather than a big singular event. The Disney Cruise Line begins this incremental process by launching a what they call a staycation stay, sailing event, staycation sailing event for the Disney Magic at Sea, sailing from UK ports this summer. The event will see primarily two to three night voyages with some limited four night sailings. These will be round trips from London, Tilbury, Newcastle, Liverpool, and Southampton. The ships will not be making any stops to allow guests to leave and explore the port cities. Rather, the entire trip will take place on the ships. Disney's cruise ships feature Disney characters, Broadway-caliber shows, family pools, water slides, live entertainment, and fine dining. The Disney Magic at Sea staycation is awaiting authorization from UK authorities, and once approved, this package will go on sale in April for summer 2021 trips. Um, So that is being proposed right now. If it is approved and we get any more details, we'll post about it at the Disney Insider and likely talk about it here on the Disney Beat Podcast. It'll be interesting to see if there's a vaccination mandate for people who want to do the trip, or at least I, I, I can almost guarantee you, and this is just personal, that they will require testing, you know, up until the day you get on that boat. Um, but, um, it'll be interesting to see if they require, um, vaccinations or not. So we'll be following that on behalf of myself and those of us here at the Disney beat, along with the Disney insider, we wish everyone good health and prosperity with that. I want to say thank you for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you listen, please, please do this. I always just kind of fly through the section, but it really does help. Um, and we hope we have earned a five-star review. We also ask that you share the podcast with friends and family who love Disney. All stories I talked about can be found at the Disneysider.com. And remember that I there will be no Disney Beat podcast for the next two weeks because I will be down in Walt Disney World. Um, but I will be documenting the entire trip on my Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Sean Nyberg, all one word, as well as my YouTube channel at Sean Nyberg, S-C-A-N-N-Y-B-E-R-G. Go check those out. They will be full of Walt Disney World content for the next two weeks. Um, Just a reminder that I also co-host the Disney podcast Walt's Apartment that comes out every Thursday and the Disney Parks themed podcast Extra Magic Hour, which is released every other Friday. So check those out. I want to wish everyone a uh, happy Easter if you celebrate Easter because I will not be um, on here next Sunday. Um, Wish everyone Passover. I'm not sure all the holidays that are happening in the next two weeks. I know there's a bunch of them. Um, I believe Ash Wednesday. I may have been wrong on that. I'm sorry. I'm clearly my my fiance is Catholic. I am not. But I wish everyone a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate. Happy spring. If that's all, you know, if that's if that's what you're celebrating, that's what I'll be celebrating. So thank you again for listening. I will see you here again in three weeks for another edition of the Disney Beat Podcast. My name is Sean Nyberg. Have a fantastic week and happy April and go Gonzaga. That's for the March Madness. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>